Let's see how many people are older than me in this audience. When we sung, um, what was it, Tell Me the Story of Jesus. Anybody else here about halfway through the course, a little ding in your head? No? Everybody remember the old Jewel Miller film strips? You give about halfway through the course, ding! Now was the, you're supposed to advance the slide. <laughs> People, kids are like, what is a film strip? Yeah, that's old, old school. So by this time, reading uh, is getting a little easier. Anybody notice that reading every day is getting a little bit easier? Um, so I've noticed that. Um, now, I'm not saying that I never miss a day, because I do. Uh, I've also noticed that catching up is a little bit easier. Um, so... Uh, it's not so difficult, like, oh, no, six chapters behind. Oh, no, nine chapters behind. I've noticed it's easier to catch up. Uh, so so as a Thursday, I was a little bit behind, and I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Now, typically, I would fight to get back to sleep, and, and uh, or if I got up, I, I don't know, do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and so Katie goes, why don't you read? I'm like, okay, I don't know what she was planning on me reading. So I just picked up the Bible and... And just read until I fell asleep, which was kind of easy because those are numbers. So I, I got about a chapter in. I'm like, okay, well, I'm a chapter closer when I wake up. Uh, but but it's I, I've just just that development of a habit. Uh, so um, we're going to step it up just a little bit then. Now that we've gotten some of the reading under control, some of some of the the, the development of the habits are easy. We're going to just kind of just up the, the uh, expectation just a little bit, and we're going to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, one of the most well-known passages probably from Deuteronomy 6. We know it primarily for the fact that Jesus quoted it. Um, by the way, all of Deuteronomy, if you, think, if you think it was difficult to read Deuteronomy, Understand that this was all spoken in one day. You, you go through Deuteronomy, and this is Moses is speaking in Deuteronomy, and he says, This day when you go in, today when you're going to go in today. And that's at the beginning of Deuteronomy. Well, we know that Moses died and wasn't able to go in, right? So he read, he spoke Deuteronomy. That's what they did for church, apparently, on that day. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, at the very beginning of all of this, he gives one of the passages that's most well recognized. And we're going to read verses 4 through 9. <clears throat> he says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and, they shall talk, and you shall talk of them when you sit down in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you will bind them as a sign on your hand, and they will be as frontlets between your eyes, and you will write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And he goes on from there and, and, uh, and talks about this, this great law, and he re, basically rereads the law that he gave them 40 years earlier. I want to talk about the importance today of memory. This is our big idea. It is great to read. But we got to get beyond reading. And we're, we're learning some stuff. I'm learning a ton of stuff. Things I didn't know. 
we immediately recognize this passage or the reference that Jesus makes to to love the Lord God. And that's the the primary foundation of of all of the law and the prophets is this thing. It's not even in the Ten Commandments. We, We know this verse for that quotation. But there is more in this than just that idea. We want to talk about the importance of memory, of putting this in our heart. In fact, when James refers to this, he will call it the implanted word. It is put in you. It's made a part of you. It is implanted. And so this, this passage is great because it has a lot of great memory tools. There's some memory tools in here that you might not have thought of. And the first one that we're going to talk about is, is visibility. Right? Now, you look and, and wonder when you read this what their house must have looked like as they, they went around just writing on walls and stuff. I mean, we, we do that with kids. Uh, you give a kid a crayon, he can paint your, paint your house you know, with a crayon. And uh, you're just like, how, how did you get that much out of that crayon? You just walk around writing on stuff and it's just amazing. I got to paint and, and do all this to get this one little kid, you know. And, and you'll find that um, that things are about this level. The writing on, on your walls about this much and, and below, right? Because that, that's the age that, that they're writing on the walls. And he, he says, write them on the doorposts of your of your walls. And I want to explain a little bit what what he's talking. They didn't write actually write on the walls itself. Am I cutting out again here? Are we okay? All right. I don't know. It's not me. Uh, so, so what they did was they had on the right doorpost of each door in their house was used for post-it notes. That's, that's what they were. They, did, they didn't have the nice uh, adhesive on the back. They would write on a scroll and they would attach it to the right side. You ever do that? You got to remember something? We, we have magnets now. We, we put stuff up on the magnets. We're, we, we put stuff where we can see it. I got, I got to do this in the morning. Put a post-it note on the cabinet where I'm going to see it. That's what they did. That's all these were. These were the first post-it notes. Why? Because it was visibility, and I'm going to remember things. And, and so he says, write some of these things. Now, I can't imagine that some of these things I would want to remember or, or have everywhere posted. You know, okay, okay, I got to remember about that sacrifice, and this is what we do with the fatty lobes and the kidneys, and put that on your wall. I don't think I would want that, you know, just hanging around, you know, a nice poster of that. But, but he says, write these things, remember these things. It needs to be highly visible, in other words. We're going to see it frequently, and, and it gets put in into here, into here. So the first thing, high visibility. The more you see something, the more you are to re- likely to remember it. And that's kind of the second thing, frequency. He says... Um, when you lie down and when you get up. Now, the lying down is easy because a lot of us like to read right before bed. Right? Like, okay, I'm going to read right before bed, and then you, you kind of read it, and then it's forgotten because you read it right before bed. There was something there I read about something. This is when you lie down when you get up. In other words, from, from the time you get up in the morning until the time you go, this is the hard part because we get up and we're like, coffee, got to get to work, got to do, and this is... Make this a part of your day from, from, from the time you, you get up to the time you go to sleep. Be in it. Frequency is a necessary part of retaining information. Right? We talk about muscle memory. The more you do something, 
the more likely you are to, to get good at it. Muscle memory. Athletes train and do a certain thing over and over and over and over until they're good at it. I don't care if it's shooting a basketball. Whatever you do, you do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. It's muscle memory. And this works a little bit like that. Uh, <clears throat> they say when, you're, when you get older, uh, the, kind of the way your brain works is that you have what's called neural pathways, right? You have a certain pathway that things happen. So if a, a, when a person has a stroke, certain things get damaged, and you say, why can't they do that anymore? What, what happened to them? Well, you have, they have a, a path that certain things got used to traveling, and that no longer works. And so something as simple as um, a word that you might use for a thing. Uh, my wife's uh, grandmother had a stroke, and, and after that, her purse was a taco. Just a neural path. Just a word got, she was used, that, that neural path was used for something. And now, she, you know, taco, you put stuff in it. Kind of, right? That was a purse. And, and so she just confused those ideas, because it's a, just a path that you get used to using. Your brain gets used to using for that thing. And so one of the ways that they say, for example, to, to kind of keep from the typical aging process is to learn new things. Practice new things. Develop new behaviors as you age. Uh, because you, keep, you, you look at little kids and they can just they memorize things. And they, they're just so good at, at, at doing anything, learning things. It's amazing how much information a little kid learns on, a, on you know, the number of words they learn in a short period of time, I think it's, it's like the, the, the vocabulary they learn by the time they're seven or eight. I, I don't know the numbers exactly, so, so Cassie will correct me after I'm done. Um, but like by the time they're seven or eight, they've learned as much vocabulary as they will learn for the rest of their life. It's something like that. It's like, that's amazing. How do they do it? Because they, they haven't, their, their pathways haven't closed up. It's, a, it's like a fresh open road it's with all these things. But the less you use, those neural pathways just decide, you know what, he's not using me, I'm kind of shutting down. So, so the more frequency that we can learn, the more ways and the more things that we do and develop, the, the easier it is to remember these things. So, frequency, when you lie down, when you get up, keep on learning it. I'm talk about a connection to things. Connecting, another way of memorizing is to connect it to things. He says, he says, bind it on your hands. What does that mean, bind it on your hands? And he says, tie it around your head. This is the, talk about frontlets. What does that mean? What does a frontlet mean? Uh, if, you, if you see, they actually started taking this very literally. I don't know if it was intended to be literal or not, but, but they would actually put boxes and tie a string with boxes on their heads. That's kind of weird. They took it very literally. Um, but you ever remember, maybe, maybe not younger people, but, but people always talk about tying a string around their finger to remember something? It works. Number one, you might cut off your circulation. You're like, why is that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, your, your nerves in your hand are connected to, um, I'm not going to pronounce that correctly, your hippocampus. What is that? So it's connected to your hippocampus, which just happens to be where memory, where your memory function is. Kind of interesting. We connect things physically to memories. You know, uh, 
something bad happens, you know, something painful happens, right? And, and you remember. <laughs> you remember. Uh, this, is, this is one of the things in discipline. I, I remember things that happened when I was a kid. It, it's, it's attached to a memory. Right? I remember. I can, I can remember specific things that happened. Physical touch is a strong thing to connect to memory. We use all our senses to remember. Uh, we do this, by the way, uh, when we do VBSs. I'm not sure if you've ever understood why certain things we do at VBS. Who came up with this idea? It's not random. Uh, a lot of the things that we do at VBS are around this idea of the more senses you encounter in doing something, the more likely you are to remember it. So, so for example, <clears throat> when we do a VBS, we, we structure it a number of ways. We don't just teach a lesson. That, that, that's an audio thing. And some people are audio learners. They, they'll learn. They can hear something and... And, and, and that's great. Uh, some people are visual learners. Uh, and so, so they, they have something like a puppet show or we do something visual to attach it to a memory. Uh, but we, we do more than that because we let the kids touch what they're learning. So they do a craft, right? It, it, it just reinforces it. Now we have the, the manual. Um, a lot of times when we, um, when we do the snack, we try to design the snack around the theme, right? Uh, so we did, uh, I remember, just the one I, I remember, uh, we, we did um, it was something about happiness. And we took apples and we carved them, put marshmallows in there, and big smiles, you know. And, and uh, it was fun for the kids, but, but they, uh, actually the one that, the, that they, the kids really liked is we did Lazarus and we took hot dogs and we wrapped, this was over in Ukraine, and we wrapped uh, like a, a bread around it. It looked like a looked like a mummy. And they loved eating Lazarus, um, so I'm not sure if that worked really well. But I'm, I'll guarantee you they remembered it, right? But we designed so so so, so taste and smell. Uh, and the more things you involve, the more things you learn. It's, so there's this there's this physical connection uh, that we do in, in in teaching our kids. Usage, however, is one of the strong strong learners. I, I, you can learn a lot of things and forget a lot of things. I've forgotten a ton. He says when you, he says, you talk, when you talk in the way, talk about these things. And this is one of the strongest things that you will have as a tool in remembering is using it. When we were, um, I talked before about developing a, a set of studies that I used because there were questions that I was not used to being asked. <coughs> and um. Just a second. Um, <clears throat> I was not used to being asked why religion exists and things like that. So, so I developed a system of, of teaching people who have never come across this before. And it was interesting because I, I just developed three basic studies. I know my, my first one really well. And my third one I, I kind of get got to get out the notes for. You know why? It's a lot of people listen to the first one and they're kind of done. Some people stick around for the second one, so I know that a little bit better than, than the third one. By the third one, you get more people to draw. I haven't used it as much. And so it's gone. The first one, everyone gets that one. I don't care where you're coming from. I don't care what your situation, you're getting the first one. I know it by heart because I've used it. When you talk in the way, these things, they can't just be things we read. They can't just be things we spend time memorizing or whatever we're doing. If you don't use it, you will lose it. Talk about it, and you will have it. Memory work is great 
But unless we use it, you will lose it. I used to be a very good memorizer. I probably would be if I, if I did it. I got inspired by one of the men who had established the Bible college that I went to. He had the entire New Testament and a good portion of the Old Testament memorized by, by heart. You say a verse, he could quote it for you. I want to do that. Yeah, didn't happen. Um, I decided, um, and I had memorized, you know, a chapter. They would do a chapter at camps and stuff like that. I decided that and I, we had a year coming up where we were going to have Hebrews class. So I decided I was going to memorize Hebrews. I got six chapters in. I did six chapters in one day. <clears throat> and I just spent the, probably the worst idea uh, for memorizing is to sit on a hot day um, in the sun in the middle of the afternoon memorizing Hebrews. Um, in Iowa, I had probably the worst sunburn ever. I, I probably had like second degree sunburn. I don't know. I, six chapters in the middle of the afternoon is a lot. I could I, ask me how much I remember that. I couldn't quote you a significant section of Hebrews for all of that. You would think with that with that physical connection, I'd re- retain some information, but it hasn't been used. To that degree, to, to be able to, to just sit down and talk with somebody. It hasn't been used to the degree that I need to do to, to retain that. You, usage is the number one tool that you will have in learning and retaining. And that brings us to the second thing that we want to talk about. We talked a little bit about VBS. And, and this is an important idea in this. Not just memory. But he says, teach your kids. Train your children. In the last several decades, we've come across a very stupid idea. Stupid idea. And I hear this a lot. That we are not going to indoctrinate our children. We're, we're going to let them grow up and, and develop their own ideas about what they think about this or that. You would not do this in any other avenue of education with your kids. I'm going to let them think what they want to think about math when they get older. And in fact, we'll spend time teaching them the wrong answers to math just to make sure that they get a, a good sampling of everything that's out there on the concept of math. So we're going to spend this, this period of time talking about how 2 plus 2 is 7. Right? And we're going to spend the whole year doing this, or history, or, or any other thing, science, or whatever it is. You would never do that with your kids. But when it comes to religion, we don't want to put any pressure on them. We would never do that. You know, Satan has no problems putting pressure on your children to do the wrong things and to think and believe the wrong things. He has no problems with that at all. It's time to put some pressure on our kids. They can handle it. How can we possibly think that children are going to be raised with no foundational concepts and put all the right ideas together suddenly, magically, when they're 18? And I want to talk about the most important thing, second most important thing that happens here. We know that we gather here for communion. right? That's the centerpiece of everything that we do. I want a show of hands of everyone who is at least a second-generation Christian. Okay. How many of you went to Sunday school? Same show of hands. 
Statistics show children who do not go to Sunday school are not likely to stay with it after they graduate. The overwhelming statistics, and we just illustrated it. Walking in for the song service, that's great. Hearing the sermon, that's wonderful. Children who only come for that, whose parents only bring them for the entertainment portion, what I refer to it as, for the, for the place where we sit and, 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 and I, don't, I don't want to diminish songs or even the sermon. But what I do is not the most important thing that happens here. Coming in at 10 o'clock, you are damaging your children. They will not likely stick with it once they get to college. That education, that interactivity with the Word is what will stay with them. They will remember so much more about what happened downstairs than they will retain from any one of these sermons. That's a fact. You remember Sunday schools. I do. I don't retain a lot of information from those sermons that I learned. I'm not saying that they didn't affect me or, or I didn't put stuff into my life from those sermons. I probably did, and those became a part of me, and just they grew up. I'm not saying this is invalu- a completely unvaluable part of the service. What I'm saying is I can specifically remember classes from when I was a kid, when I was three, when I was four, when I was five. I remember those things. It is so valuable. It is a resource that we should not take lightly, and a lot of work goes into it. A lot of work goes into that. We need to take advantage of that, and we need to encourage people to take advantage of that. That is not just an additional neat thing that we do. That is a vital part of something we do. And so, as we leave this week, I want you to retain two two basic big ideas. To make it a point to use the different tools to make this a part of you. Beyond the reading. The reading is great. And we've developed that habit. Hopefully, if not, it's not too late. That is great. Let's go just a little bit above and start putting things making it a part. And the best way to do that is to speak about it. Find somebody somewhere to speak about it. Sweet. Up the game a little bit. And the second thing is to understand how important this is, not just to you, but to your kids or your grandkids. Because in 20 years, 15 years, what we do now will be shown. Those little ones. If we don't instill these things in them now, they will not know how to do it later. These are two huge, huge ideas. Okay.